and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show at HEFpod. www.facebook.com slash HEFpod is our Facebook group. All English news is dropped there uh, in our Facebook group. So like that if you have not already done so. All right. All things considered, Eintracht had a fun weekend. So uh, <laughs> to commiserate with me is Rondon San Francisco. Deutsche Pokasiga, Deutsche Pokasiga SKA. <laughs> I just had to pull that out again. Hello from uh, California. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you go from fires to uh, mudslides now? Or is that away from you, at least? Yeah, that's all the way. Like, I no, yeah, we do have rain, but we need the rain, right? In California, we always need the rain. That's a necessity here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite happy for it. Uh, no mudslides here. I mean, I'm, you know, here in, uh, in in the San Francisco Bay Area, everything is nice and fine. And uh, it's more mostly outside, I think, in the more rural parts and stuff, but should be good. I haven't seen any mudslides. <laughs> I've seen wild turkeys now everywhere, so a lot have survived the Thanksgiving, so that's the good news. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, Christmas is right around the corner, so maybe they're going to make themselves scarce once again. So, uh, also joining us is Nathan in St. Louis. Hello, Nathan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, better than the Blues uh, current NHL season. Uh, I think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my own team seems to be right in the running for it when it does come down to uh, uh, playing for positions that uh, will be maybe a division uh, crown. That will be really nice. But, you know, we're supposed to be talking about soccer. We're supposed He's to be talking about, about say, the I think <laughs> that's enough. We're talking about last week's games, no? <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about something else. Yeah, so let's let's talk about... Let's dig in. uh, The Eintracht. Eintracht Frankfurt! Ein. Null. Eins. (laughs) Wolfsburg. Null. Danke. Bitte. (laughs) (laughs) Two-one loss. Uh, With all due respect, uh, as the Bundesliga table currently stands, this Wolfsburg team did just beat the team that currently rests... In uh, third, uh, Leipzig did beat Mönchengladbach at the weekend and beat him pretty handily. Mm-hmm. And Wolfsburg beat them just last weekend. So it's not like as though this team is any mugs. And, you know, hey, uh, when you lose to quality opposition, nothing really wrong with that. But uh, we weren't really at the races. Mm-mm. Eventually, this bubble was going to burst. But then again, this is just one match. Yeah. Uh, don't. I mean, it's not the end of the bloody world, people. What a bubble. Yeah. We're still in fifth. We are one point away from being level on points with Bayern München. And guess what? We have double the goal difference that they have. They have only plus seven. We have plus 14, Woof. which is just as good as Mönchengladbach and Leipzig each. So, you know. I know, but we could have been second. Drink more beer. have been second. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. And it was a game we should have won. And it's kind of like, I mean, we have the, uh, um, you know, I think I mentioned that that this game is going to be, or now it's going to be important is where we stand. Because I told you that usually after 
Frankfurt is like all in the media, you know, and I told you after mm -hmm. this, after the victory, um, that when, when Hütter was at the Sportstudio, um, Bobic was at the, um, like the round table, the, the Dopa, the Doppelpass, mm -hmm. and even doing like for build a big, a big podcast. By the way, why is he not joining our podcast yet? So Freddy Bobic, if you listen to this, <laughs> you're always welcome to join. We know you're a big American. The door fan. is open. The door is open anytime for you. We even do a, a weird, uh, we, we adapt to the time zones. Um, but anyways, so Frankfurt has been all over the media and that usually is the, has been in the past a turning point. Uh, and I hope uh, that this is not the case now. So we need to win now. That's what, what yeah. happens. You know, it's a, we can always lose. Uh, it's, it's allowed that this happened. Of course, it's double annoying because everyone played for us. We could have been second. You know, I mean, like uh, um, with, with um, Mönchengladbach uh, not winning, you know, that we could have made a step forward, a leap forward. But once again, we hold ourselves back. Mm. And it's not because the Wolfsburg played so well. You no, know, they did not. the other thing. You know, we didn't score. They took their chances. Yeah. We had some great opportunities. You know, when the opportunity fell to Medi in the first half, look, Granted, you know, not exactly the best of marking by our defense. All right, could that say happened. that again. You know, <laughs> hey, looks gonna happen. And then Ginchik, actually, well, he he did pretty good. Well, I mean, leading a lot of attacks for those guys and uh, grabbed his own goal. Another defensive kind of you know mm -hmm. defense turning off. So it kind of begs to wonder, you know, with David Abraham. Uh, not looking like he might even return until, you know, after the winter pause is done. Um, is this a concern, like, for the short term? I mean, be. is this just a, you know, crap, well, hey, uh, whoops, dropped the ball there, and at least we are playing against another team that is, uh, you know, going to play toe-to-toe -to -toe with us. Yeah, with Hertha, and then we also have Lazio, but then again, hey, everything's decided there. I don't think this is really something to worry about myself, but, you know, hey, we just... Look, we in the first half hour, and then I was almost like, boom, Matt Betty scores. And I was just like, son of a... Mm. Yeah. Because I was like, we had it, and we dropped it, and we just kind of looked down at, down at our feet, and we're like, oh, whoops. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's all up to Russ, right? So I think that's what's the question. For some reason, Fallet is out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's not really put to use. So Russ is now trying to play for Abraham. And I don't know uh, how, you know, he, he, I mean, nothing against him. I'm a big fan of his. But, you know, it depends on how reliable he's going to be. That's going to that's gonna decide how hurtful the loss of... Uh, yeah. Abraham is going to be for us, you know, his performance. Uh, for me, I think uh, it's a perfect time for Sacedo to finally work his way back into the squad. So. Oh, yeah. uh, the injury, I mean, he was on the bench along with Fillette, yeah. but I mean, you just kind of like, okay, uh, Huta, maybe you're seeing what we're seeing. Maybe you should sub off Rus. 
sometime. Yeah, he decided to keep uh, keep him on. The only substitutions that went off were De Guzman, who looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, he even had a shot against the post. Uh, Fernandez uh, left a little bit more to be desired. Yeah. Picked up a yellow card. Not exactly the best of days out there, but you know, hey, no one can be good all the time. You know, um, Williams again a surprise, yeah. I think, in uh, in the game. You know, like his you know, performance. Yeah, in the he looked a little bright. Yeah. He looked a little bright. It felt forever since I've seen him play without, you know, his head already cu- without his head cut off. I mean, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I'm really harsh. Okay, so so what if I'm being harsh? You know what? The guy's done some boneheaded stuff. But moving on, um, look at the end of the day, we the attack the attacking buffaloes. Did not punch through until very late when, honestly, there wasn't too much time to really kind of put stuff together. And for some reason, I don't know why, but Wolfsburg just can always beat the Eintracht. So can Bruno Labbadia for whatever reason. That's SOB. That firefighter can do it. And I'm just scratching my head wondering, is there something that he just does that just shakes us up every single time? What is it? Because it's not like they were world beaters. We've seen Wolfsburg when they have been world beaters, and that was quite a few seasons ago when they finished yeah. second in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it's, Wolfsburg is very hard to grasp, right? I mean, they started off very well in the season. Then they uh, kind of fell into a little ditch, and I hope they're not coming back. Um <laughs> You know that's well, yeah, that's a that's a nice way of putting it. I would much I would much rather prefer uh, Mainz to run in a ditch first, but you know yeah, we're going to send them off in that. the ditch uh, uh, ditch soon. But uh, match day sixteen, folks. Match day sixteen. Yeah, actually, uh, just a little diversion here. A new story. I don't know if you guys heard, but Mainz is trying to sell uh, his tickets cheap because um, for the match against Frankfurt because they're not gonna. Uh, fill up the stadium, <laughs> so they're they're having like this giveaway where members and uh, season tickets holder can buy additional tickets for half price, because what they fear is that uh, if too many uh, tickets get on the regular market, that all the Frankfurt people are going to buy it. Of course, right? What's wrong with that? That that will mean more money in their coffers, yeah, uh, or no, maybe no, it's want- what they're after is having more fans cheering on. Exactly. Demines, as exactly. opposed to they fear you know. domination. That you know, if, I mean, they're already going to be like five thousand guys from Frankfurt, Frankfurt, anyways. So mm-hmm. add another ten, you got fifteen guys from Frankfurt, and uh, this this um, this the stadium is it's got like a home game, and so they're trying to avoid the home game scenario or the away game scenario at home, um, and that's why they're doing it. That's the that's the reason. It's kind of funny. Well, I mean, they are clowns at the end of the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry for that diversion. Let's go back to the to the Wolfsburg game, to the Volkswagen yeah. cheaters match. I mean, come on, I've I've been holding that joke in for quite some time. So, uh, <laughs> some annoying th- performances that I did not like. Really, it was more just the fact that he doesn't know when to shut his mouth. Is Kevin Trop? Uh, it's like, dude. Just deal with the fact that, you know, you don't have your A-list defense in front of you. 
you're just whining, moaning, trying to instigate, you know, some fighting spirit from the team when, you know, you do, it's like, you stop one of those two uh, goals, and guess what? This is a 1-1 match, if not, maybe Eintracht, you know, getting a goal at a different point, and, you know, maybe winning the match. Yeah. Mm. There, there's a fine line between, you know, riling the team up and just sounding like you're complaining all the time. <laughs> with that with that yellow card that he got. Although maybe maybe that was warranted complaining, who knows. Maybe I mean, look, look at this. Uh, I mean, one thing that I this is his second time that he's done it uh in the Bundesliga. He's also done it in a Europa League match. Mm-hmm. So anyone keeping track, you know, that's that's three yellow cards and he's only played what? Uh, 16 or so matches for the Eintracht. I mean, that's one in every four games, and yeah, that's pretty often for a goalkeeper. It's not like as though he's getting yellow carded because, hey, uh, I'm taking forever to kick the ball, and I'm just delaying, you know, the restart, you know, yeah. which is something that usually is where goalkeepers receive yellow card cautions. Yeah. But he's actually getting it for mouthing off to the referee. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just because I'm a referee. I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I mean, apparently the referee was behaving very uh, childish as well. You know, it was like... <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely... It, sh- it should not be done. I mean, he's going to pay his bucks, you know, for that. But, uh, yeah, but, but Brian, another question. Like, uh, you as a referee, mm. so what I didn't really understand, and I didn't hear anything about this, like the rules, like this handball that happened, you know, where the Wolfsburg player, I forgot who it was, you know, kind of put his hand on the floor yeah. between his legs to basically block the ball. Um I have no to idea. To balance himself and it then happened to hit as the rule stands. Like for me, if I'm on the pitch, I'm calling that because guess what? That is like, that is, you know, a hand that could have avoid. It's not an inadvertent. Yeah. It's not an out and out inadvertent handball. That's an inadvertent handball, you know, the like, you know, your hand just happens, it is mostly against your body and your, you know, your actual palm just happens to be sticking out just a little bit and just yeah. whacks it there. That's one thing. But this is like, you know, your entire uh, hand and arm, you know, interacting with it. Mm-hmm. And for me, okay, so you could have just seen that and just tried to jump away from it. And yeah. Yeah, for me, I would have, uh, yeah, I would have given the handball in that occasion. And there are other people who I know would have said, uh, they would have classified that still as an inadvertent handball as well. But I, when it comes to like right there, it's for me a handball. Because I was missing the debate about it. I'm not going down that rabbit hole much further. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I was just like, that's why I was like totally missing the debate about this. You know, like for me, it was a complete, you know, like it was not a real natural move. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he totally blocked the ball. You know, and it was like um, it was perfect, perfect thing to have happened. You know, sometimes you see uh, handballs. You know, where like uh, where somebody jumps up and, and in the in the jumping move, the arms go up. You know, and then they hit the arms and they call this a, a penalty. And in this case, you know, it's like like the like if somebody shoots your arm shouldn't be there, you know, shouldn't be like covering between your legs. I don't know. Anyways, but, 
I don't think that was... Nathan, you're kind of mum on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of defer to the... To the to the on the field, I don't know. I like the VR comes into play in, in a call like that. Can it not? That's what it I thought. could, but I think what they are they were rolling with what the referee saw themselves, and they did not feel. I think that that's one of those, and this is where VAR sometimes just makes me scratch my head and wonder. I think this is one of the moments where VAR lets the judgment call rest with the yeah. official whilst. The letter of the law, they will then turn, like, when it's a more substantial, you know, less mm. reason, le- less of a opportunity where there is a debate to be had. It's like, is this adver- inadvertent or is this, you know, intentional handball? Yeah. And I think that's why they sure. uh, didn't. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, which really sucked. And I saw exactly, I knew exactly why it didn't happen. I'm like, huh, they're not looking at this. Damn it! Yeah, and I knew I didn't even need to think about it for more, even a second. I knew exactly what they were. Yeah, going to do. Well, I mean, for most most video review systems, right in sports, like you need a a, a certain amount of evidence to a, to overturn a call. So if it's a 50-50 gray area type situation, like you're talking about, with you know, you know, you would call it one way, and another ref would call it another way, then there. Uh, a lot of times they're not even going to review it or they'll, exactly. it won't and be overturned. They realize that if they then intervene and overrule that call, and then that will set a, I think they realize that that would then set a precedent mm-hmm. that then, you know, everyone's always going to be requesting that to be done. And they well, figured, I mean, you know, to, to Roman's point, better off not calling it. To, to Roman's point, now that kind of sets a precedent because then you start now having. If this happens, you know, once or twice, I mean, I don't know if one call would set any sort of precedent, perhaps, but you might start having defense, uh, uh, you know, backs now. It's triggered this debate, at least. Well, yeah, I mean, you might have them start training a different way. So that's muscle memory. So they start falling like a tripod so that their legs are are covered, you know, because it's it's more square footage that you can then block. Um, So... It's a it, but yeah, it's dangerous both ways. <laughs> yeah. But uh if that had been a penalty, who would we have wanted to take it? I know I would have picked Alea, but that's me. I think Alea he's the or Jovic. I don't know who's I think Alea is still the number one. I think Alea. I might be wrong. But I think he would be the number one, the first guy to go. He still looked really good. I mean, you know, making his runs. He had his assist in Jovic's goal. Um, yeah, they were a little bit great. sleazy He's... on the last meters. You know, that's what I thought. You know, mm-hmm. they were very good at the beginning and the first uh, the first steps of the ball, but then they were kind of like, I, I, I wouldn't say arrogant, but like kind of like getting there. You know, I think they thought it was maybe too easy, the ride so far. And yeah. kind of underestimated um, their capabilities in front of the goal. I think it... I think this could be seen as a kind of learning opportunity that the coach can say, it's like, hey, guys, look, we were playing really good, and then they just nipped it right there. And you didn't properly react to it until much later, and guess what? We didn't get anything until the very end when it was too late. Yeah. And they really tried to come back. You know, that's also a good good to see. Yeah. But too little, too late. Agreed. Yeah. There was a lot of frustration on the field, and it's – 
it's it's a good marker of this team that they that they were fighting with all the bad luck that they were getting on the field because you you could notice a certain amount of frustration that was starting to work against the players playing together. They were, they were starting to kind of get greedy in a lot of areas and say, I'll take it on my own. There's Ray bitch was guilty of that, uh, to some degree. Um, and DaCosta as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, yeah, that end run kind of gave me some confidence that hopefully this isn't a, uh, continue that this won't continue as as it goes on. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think the another thing we can all agree on is that the referee uh, was his name like Sasha or something like that. Uh, goofy looking screwball <laughs> he is, but you know that's all that I'm gonna say negative. Um, anything more about this referee? Maybe we should say that just for the match <laughs> itself. So that leaves us currently in. Fifth place in the table. Uh, we're still... Look, guys, we're still in... I mean, we were talking one being happy with mid-table. Mid-table is probably not too far off of us, but, you know, in due in part to the fact that we had a really rough start to the season, we're not further up the table. But the fact of the matter is, we are... Okay, we are 10 points off of Brucey Dortmund, so... Maybe the uh, the Meisterschale is out of our reach, but everything else is fully up for grabs because we are three points and just one goal different and then just created on goal difference off of being second place. Because let's be honest, Champions League, that is guaranteed group stage money. That is guaranteed 30 million euros. That is guaranteed, you know, big TV money. Mm-hmm. Audiences all around the world, heightened uh, attention, everything that comes with it. Lots of bigger sponsors that want to be involved with the Eintracht. Mm. We get top four. Uh, that could set us up for many, many years to come, and, and we'd be able and to lock down to all of our guys long term. Right, that's the other thing. You know, exactly. If, if we want to, if we want to keep those guys, yeah, then uh, you know, Champions League can can help us with that. Exactly. And, and exactly. Not to be totally, op, you know, crazy optimist, but um, I suspect Dor- uh, Dortmund's going to have a lot of growing pains as as, uh, as as the season goes on. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, they're going to they're so th- I feel like they're going to hit a wall at some point, and they're going to suck. They're going to struggle. But you think so? Well, what feeds, what feeds they have your- Schalke this weekend. <laughs> yeah. what, what when your, is the Riviera Derby not a difficult one? Um, what, what feeds my skepticism with them is, is, I mean, no one's, no one's sat in this spot, right? For a while. Mm -hmm. And Mm. they're, they always play second fiddle to Bayern. And at some point they're going to, they're, it's going to get to their head in some, in some way, shape or form. I feel like it, it's just bound to, to happen though. Hopefully, well, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, let's end uh, segment one right here. And let's get into our favorite segment breaker. That is hashtag what are we drinking? So, gentlemen, let's go around the horn today. Nathan, Ooh. what are you drinking? Um, I'm a little more talkative today. That might be indicative of the, the beer that I'm drinking. Um, so, I'm drinking a... 
homebrew, uh, a Bavarian Hefeweizen, um, very strictly Bavarian in this in this aspect. Um, very bubblegummy, very banana y. Uh, that's how I like my Hefeweizens. So, um, I got a Moss Krug of it, and that's, uh, that's what I'm drinking. Oh. Nice. Nice. Roman, what oh, are you guys. drinking? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the boring guy this time. Uh, there's so many, uh, yeah, I'm drinking water. I'm here on just water. Tap water. Good old California Walnut Creek tap water. Mm. Master tricking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am sticking with my local brewing company, KC Beer Company, the home of the Bundesliga in Kansas City. Uh, I am w- using the Winterbach and uh, posted it to social media. Yeah. Actually, I posted it yesterday, admittedly. Uh, but I have refilled my glass and it is fabulous. Uh, one silver medal at a German. Uh, the German, I guess, uh, World Cup uh, for brewers. I don't have the bottle with me, so I can't see the uh, the little uh, spot that like says exactly uh, what the competition was uh, right at hand. Uh, I guess I put it in the trash and put the trash out since the pickup is in the morning. And it's really cold outside, so I don't fancy going out and getting that again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Winterbach. Uh, if anyone is in the general Kansas City area, say hello. And definitely pour yourself some of this. Uh, they are now distributing it in uh, six packs. So uh, beer will travel. It's only a matter of time before it gets out to you, Nathan, in St. Louis. Fingers so, crossed. Uh, fingers crossed on distrib- distribution. So to that, I say prost. 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 Well, with water. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> On that humorous note, uh, we'll end segment one. Stay with us for segment two, uh, news and notes. In segment three, where we'll be talking Eintracht, the uh, Eintracht's action in the Bundesliga and also their match against Hertha. So stay with us. And welcome back to segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. It's now time for news and notes about everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. But before that, Roman, we have a major announcement. Yeah, we uh, let's do another giveaway. We still have a few jerseys here that need new, uh, new, new, new owners. New owners, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, this time we're going to uh, the female side. So uh, I have a black rabbit number four jersey, uh, female. So femme size M, right? So medium. What does it say? Slim fit. Uh, yeah, women's femme M. That's what it is. And uh, yeah, and we're giving it away. But yeah. we're expanding because I'm going to uh, to Germany over Christmas. So last time we only said only guys in Northern America could win. So now we expand. You know, so every anyone can win, whether you are in Germany, in England, in Ireland, in Italy. Anywhere within the European Union or, of course, within the United States, North America, we'll send it out to oh, yeah. the winner. Ante Dankfest. Alrighty, and how can, someone get, how can someone possibly win this valuable shirt? Yes, yeah, so this time it's really, really easy because all you have to do, you have to contact us and say that you want the shirt. 
right? That's all, right? There's no sharing, no false or rightful um, uh, um, spreading of any news or whatsoever. All you need to do is contact us. You can do that privately. You can send us a DM on Twitter. You can send us a message on Facebook to the HalfPod account or even email us. You know, what's our email? That is Frankfurt at yahoo.com. Twitter handle is at hefpod. And the Facebook group that you can like, uh, you can find that at www.facebook.com slash hefpod. Exactly. So all you need to do is send a message whatsoever. Don't, we don't need to spread it. So we are actually also a little bit testing if, uh, who's listening to this podcast. So when you're listening to this podcast, you have an advantage because you know there is something to win. Uh, we will not promote this, um, uh, this little giveaway. So all you need to do is reach out to us. Let us know. Just a quick email. You don't need to come up with any story. Just say, hi, I want this jersey. I want the Rebich number four. Anything. And we will draw you at the next podcast. Indeed, indeed. So, that all being said, let's get into some news and notes about the Eintracht. So, everything that is going on, there's a lot of rumors uh, talking about Eintracht and some possible transfer news. Uh, we got some money. Hey, FIFA gave us uh, 1.5 million euros yeah. uh, for our uh, players who played in Russia. Granted, I kind of wonder how much of that was literally from uh, Rebic and his fest. time playing for Croatia, <laughs> considering he did make it to the final. So, you know, good on him for that. Uh, things that friends can do also on the Bundesliga's English website. So www.bundesliga.com-en. Uh, they're having a vote for the November player of the month. And Jovic... And Alea are the two Eintracht players who are up there, so kind of cool stuff. But let's talk a little bit about the transfer rumors that are swirling around the Eintracht. So, um, one player looks like he could possibly leave. One player looks like he could possibly come home to the Eintracht. So, let's talk about who could leave. Chico! Uh, Chico mm -hmm. has not played at all for the Eintracht. Uh, I think he participated in like a test match at some point mm -hmm. and scored but let's let's be honest uh nothing really has uh come of this guy nothing's really happened and it looks like he could be on his way out uh re re i what was that uh uh sporting portugal in lisbon uh that he would possibly be hitting right back to I mean, it is a loan spell, so it's not like or we bought him outright. The guy, uh, hey, look, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yep. You know, uh, there's so much uh, stuff going on at his parent club. You know, that was probably why that they were so happy to possibly loan him out. But I mean, nothing. He has not really featured. He's not really played even mm -hmm. test matches and. You just kind of like shrug your shoulders. I'm shrugging my shoulders saying, all right, well, that didn't work out. Bye. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like as you said, we didn't really get to see any any of his skills. I mean, it's always, yeah. I mean, it's always like, what did what did they see in the scouting when they got him, you know? And what did he, what couldn't he bring to the table? So is it is it because 
he never really had a chance because anyone else was so much better? Or was, was it maybe a long-term goal, right? That's the stuff that we don't know, you know, because sometimes mm -hmm. they're like, okay, um, uh, we know he's not going to play a role this season, maybe next season, whatever it is. I mean, I have no idea. But that would be interesting um, um, to see, you know, what they saw in him when they decided we're going to hire him. Yeah. Same with uh, Daichi Kamada, you know, would also be interesting, you know, like sometimes I would just like to get a little, okay, our plan is X, Y, Z, and then like, okay, it, did, it didn't work out or we're just waiting. We knew this could happen. Um, that would be, I would, I would be interested in knowing something like this, you know, a little bit of an update um, of their plans and... Um, so Bobich, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. Or Bobich, fill us in. Come on the pond. Fill us in. Tell us what's going on. Because, I mean... I mean, that's a good point, Roman. I didn't think about it like that. Like, I, all, the only thing I think of is our run since September. And, you know, everyone who's been in those those positions have been pretty locked in. So why would you, why would you change that? And he came here to play. Like... Um, like all those, like, um, I, I, you know, um, what, what's the defenseman that came here two years ago? That was Jesus Vallejo. Um, yeah, yeah. oh, um, what a fabulous player. Well, I, I, I think like, wasted Real Madrid. yeah, yeah. He's had a pisser there, right? I mean, he's been injured basically the entire time he's not been here. Um, but, um, I, I think of him and, and, uh, who's the guy that went to Schalke, Last year, uh, uh, Omar yeah, yeah. I think I think it, I think that gives us some some currency as a team that allows people to play. And if a play, if a player's not gonna play, that's 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 how I've seen it. But I, I'd like, you know, there's plenty of different reasons why someone like that might have been in our system and why they choose to go. So I'm curious as well. I will put this down. Uh, has kind of a kind of closey mode on Chico because he looked really an interesting player and you know hey look sometimes it just doesn't work out but I am kind of wondering if should this come about that he does leave uh, do they hold on to Marco Fabian for maybe another six mm. months it's an interesting kind of thought you know uh, maybe there are still plans for Fabian I mean he's still getting called up to the Mexican national team which must be uh as someone who does pay attention to L Tree, because you know on this con on the continent that I live on, uh, they are more well known than the U.S. national team Vamos and have had three. more uh, more yeah. success. Indeed, uh, he's had. I mean, he still is featuring for the Mexican national team, and he's 29, which you know that puts at the next come the next time that there's a World Cup, he'd be 33. And one collective wisdom would say that. You know, he would just be bridging the gap for our players who would then come through, yep. you know, in uh, 2022. But, you know, he won't be featuring. And it's just kind of like, okay, uh, what to do with him next? But I would think that uh, Chico leaving would present more opportunities for other players who have not seen action on the pinch at present. But, you know, hey, Bovich. Well Come on, tell us, tell yeah. us what's what. Yeah, I mean the the other thing I, you you got to think is that uh, uh, a a Bobich situation is is like we have to arm ourselves for injury, and you know if you do that, there's going to be players that do that just don't play because um, 
in that instance that people stay healthy and for the most part we've stayed healthy fingers crossed knock on wood um so yeah yeah but so, i mean the, the as you say you know anything can always happen mm-hmm. right and our creative uh, midfield is not it's like our midfield is not so powerful um you know, I mean, like the, our offensive line, of course, is unbeatable. And then we have a nice defense or like a defensive midfield. I don't even know how you call this. Um, mm-hmm. Like what, what Dani da Costa is, is, is doing in Costage. Costage. You know, um, yeah, like the central midfield, that's something where we could definitely, where we could get some support. And for some reason, Gacinovic is not, um, yeah. is not really... Featuring. Yeah, yeah. Would, would, we would hope him to do you know so there are a few few things you know where we can definitely and fabian for some reason he's out i mean mm-hmm. he always sent like i follow like is the funniest instagram uh huh. stories that i was <laughs> here, you know, him partying all the time i was like okay uh hookers <laughs> yeah you know so um yeah at least he's having a good time he's, he's, he's not down but uh, he's enjoying himself yeah, he's thoroughly enjoying himself, but you do you kind of bring up a point. Should Eintracht, uh, should we have an injury crisis, we'll kind of need all hands on deck. Yeah. I kind of am leaning a little bit more towards let the guys go, and if these uh, young uh, youth team players can possibly break through, let them have the opportunity to do so, because we don't uh, check in when we would face the Europa League knockout phase. That will be uh, first match between match day 21 and the 22nd. So that's the middle part of February uh, between Le- playing Leipzig and Gladbach. Now, Leipzig could be in the same boat, you know, having to play and the Europa League knockout phase themselves. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, next week uh, during match day six. Their future still up in the air on that. And then uh, the second leg would be between our match, home match against Gladbach and away to Hanover. Though, if anyone has seen Hanover lately, good mm-hmm. lord. Uh, how we didn't win like 8-1 to one is beyond me, but eh, whatever. <laughs> gotta, gotta move on because then we'll have knockout round in March for the round of 16, quarterfinals in April, semifinals in May, and then May 29th, the final in Baku, where all three of us, fingers crossed, will be there cheering on to Eintracht. Because, <laughs> you know, dreams can happen, folks. Dreams can happen. But that exactly. not being said, thinking of depth needed, and let's talk about additions. Uh, Rode could possibly come Ooh. to the Eintracht. He's basically not played a single flipping minute for Borussia Dortmund all season. Uh, he's played less than Marius Wolf, and Marius Wolf scored that goal against us, and he's basically not been seen ever since. Uh, Rode has basically sat on that bench. I kind of wonder whether yeah. he will have any legs to move because he's, yeah. been, he's been so stagnant for so long. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, a former Frankfurt player? Yes, okay. So he played at Kickers before we picked him up. Uh, so, that aside, uh, he was a pretty good player for us. Yeah. Uh, scored a goal against uh, Bayern uh, before, funny enough, that he left Eintracht for Bayern. But, um, you know, a decent player for us. Uh, he was on... Uh, 
four the, or five years ago. He was on the pitch when I saw Frankfurt play in 2013 against Freiburg. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, interesting fact. Uh, may not be interesting to anyone but me. Um, so, he played 94 games with us. And between Bayern and Dortmund, he's played 50, 52. Hmm, wow. That's, that, yeah. It's got to sting for him. I know. Yeah, I, I never know. Sometimes I'm, I mean, for example, Russ, I think, was a good, good idea for him to come back. And it was also good for us, so to say. I mean, uh, um, you know, he's, he's a great character. With Rode, I don't really know. You know, he's like this type of players, you know, that like go to a team's like, oh, I slept in, when I was a kid, I slept in Dortmund, uh, you know, uh, beddings, uh, you know, in, in, in a Dortmund bed, you know, I was like, mm. okay, then do it there. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't feel that, unlike Russ, you know, Russ was like a real Frankfurt boy, you know, from, from, from bottom to, to everywhere with Roda and I'm and not even because of the kickers thing, right? I don't I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't know. Just a bad gamble, you know, for him, I think. And I I don't know if, if we I don't even know if you really really need him because he's also injured very easy, right? I mean one some of the problems he never really made it in Bayern and also never really made it in Dortmund are his injuries. Right. And who says that he's not gonna continue that they're here? I think it's very likely. Right. Um, good that's point. why I'm not a big fan. For example, with Marius Wolf, I would see totally different, right? If Marius Wolf, if of course he's not going to do it, but like, um, if you would say, okay, this didn't work out, I want to go back to Frankfurt, I would say, okay, dude, you're 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 welcome back, you know. But after all these years, and he has never really, it's it's a gamble, you know. Like, how do we know that he's still, like you said, like he has done 54. Uh, games in the past, I don't know, five years of mm-hmm. yeah, four or five years. Like, what is this? I, I cannot really. It's, I think it's a high risk um, to to get him back for me personally. Um, I'd agree. rather have Risu Vallejo. Like, he would be the guy where I would say, "Dude, you, uh, I want you back." But uh, yeah, so returns are always a, um, uh, a tough thing, you know. My I would totally agree. Uh, there's players at Borussia Dortmund who are, can fit in that same mold, someone who won a certain World Cup title in mm-hmm. 2014. Yes, I'm talking about Mario Götze. Uh, I mean, his return, I mean, that dude's had all sorts of issues, uh, primarily injury-related, and, you know, the guy just can't get things to happen again. I'd love to have Jesus Vallejo return, but like you said, Sometimes the return is not as great as the the second spell is usually not as great as the first. And there are many, many examples over the years uh, of that. So that all being said, uh, let's kind of get a a little bit uh, brighter news. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt. So we were supposed to have, what, just 4,000 tickets to go to Rome. And now... It's been increased to 8,000 tickets, and still they're anticipating upwards of 20,000 fans that will still attend the match against Lazio in Rome. That's crazy. (laughs) God, I love the passion of our fans, and I just wish that the Lazio uh, organizers would just realize that, hey, 
20,000 beer-drinking Germans in the stadium can't be all that bad for the concession sellers. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, it cannot. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, but I mean, who the hell... I mean, we're the, I feel like we're the darling of Europa at the moment. We're, our, our fans and our team are doing something that... I don't know. I it, like I'm I'm new to new to Europa for the most part, but it seems that it's pretty unique where our, our standing and how our how our city and team is reacting to it. Um, so it seems understandable that a team like that would want to go and all the fans would want to go to to Rome and celebrate that. Um, but it is it, due to the threats. <laughs> interesting situation yeah i think that for me i think that they weren't really i mean look lazio they're a big like Serie A team but you know the amount of people that are showing up for their europa league matches it's really they're not filling up the stadium i mean i mean to give other examples you would think that uh zurich and Leverkusen, when they play against each other, would fill the stadium. Well, at least in Switzerland, because, hey, <laughs> they play a Bundesliga side. Guess what? It's not even half full in Switzerland. You know, Leverkusen hasn't sold out any of their matches for the Europa League in the three that they played at home. You know, that's a good example. Great uh, example. Leipzig is playing in a pretty decent group with uh, Salzburg and Glasgow Celtic. And, you know, it's only like, you know, like moderately full mm-hmm. whilst our stadium has been slammed. You know, there's not an empty seat to be found. We're treating this like it should be treated, not like, you know, teams like Bordeaux, for example, who, you know, are getting under 10,000 people in a stadium that holds 40,000. I mean, yeah, it's because, you know, when I think it comes with the fact that our fans we have such fanatical support for our team. And the fact that this is something that doesn't happen all the time. So, well, I mean, that's kind of my bit on that. So, uh, that all being said, let's kind of go down to back. what is exactly good. Roman, <laughs> we're ready for segment three. So, stay with us. And we're back with segment three. Roman is back as well after having a little bit of technical issues there. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about... Should we talk about the Bundesliga first or should we talk about Eintracht versus Hertha first? Let's go. Let's go to the whole league. Let's do the whole league. All right, then. Let's quickly talk about the entire league. (laughs) Exactly. Let's just do it really quickly. (laughs) Yeah. So, Borussia Dortmund's still top. We're 10 points behind. Bayern picked up a little bit of pace on everybody else because Leipzig beat Gladbach. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think of this? What do we points? think of the whole Bayern? Are they going to are they going to be are they going to start their run now? Uh, did they get rid of their problems or nope. what's the 
I still nope, don't think nope, they... Nope, nope. They have to play Nuremberg, and unless they spread Nuremberg, I don't see Bayern really uh, <laughs> returning to top form. Uh, I'm literally pulling this up as we speak for what Bayern has remaining. So, uh, before they play us on match day 17. So, they have to play home to Nuremberg, then they play away to Hanover. Oh. That's actually kind of easy. Then they play home. Uh, they play at home to Leipzig, and then they play away to Eintracht. I mean, they may pick up six points in the next two matches, but they may pick up zero in the following two matches. And let's be mm-hmm. honest, Leipzig, not an easy team to play against. Nope. Uh, we've already experienced yeah. that ourselves, and we aren't an easy team to play against either. Oh, yeah, and in the Champions League, they want to go through as... Group winners. And guess what they have to do? They have to go to Ajax Amsterdam. And hmm. so long as they don't lose, and Ajax has got a pretty decent team that fin- uh, made the Europa League final like uh, hmm. two seasons ago, and they'd be top of the Eredivisie if PSV Eindhoven hasn't basically won every single match. They're only two points behind right now. So it shows you how good they are. Ajax is really good, and they have to be top fettle to get, you know, a result there. Otherwise, you're a runner-up, and then you know you could face a big team as opposed to getting one of the weaker teams at least in the round of sixteen before it gets you know really nice and tight uh, as everything comes to a conclusion. So I don't think that Bayern really uh, once the winter pause does hit. I mean, it, they they've like I said, their next two matches kind of more cupcakes than anything, but <laughs> you know. Bruce Dortmund, uh, by comparison, because, hey, look, they are the league leaders. And, you know, Bruce Dortmund has to play on match day 17. They have to play uh, Munchen Gladbach. That is at home. And in the meantime, they play Oof. Schalke away this weekend. But then they play Bremen at home. Bremen has since fallen off the face of a cliff. And then they have uh, Dusseldorf. So, I mean, at match day 17, I think Bayern will be kind of far back. Hmm, interesting. Well, I'm kind of like in my in my fantasy team in Kickbase. I'm kind of like I bought all, like all the Bayern players because they're fair, they were fairly cheap, and I'm kind of <laughs> gambling, gambling on on that they uh, solve their main problem and they're gonna come back to old strength. Um, I hope, of course, not when we play them. Even though they exactly. would be again typical Frankfurt, right? Like they're having this weak streak. All these teams like win or draw against them, and then by the time we get to play them. They're back at full force, you know, but um, <laughs> but then they still need to stop the herd of buffaloes, Oof. right? But yeah, so I'm kind of gambling on that Bayern gets their shit together and, uh, you know, wins a few more games. Well, I hope at least yeah. Nuremberg and uh, what, what did you say? It's the other game? Hanover. Yeah, well, Hanover, yeah. Yeah, um, they'll beat Hanover, but the thing is, they could slip up against Nuremberg. Granted, the weakness that they have, they don't really have a lot of pace. Nuremberg doesn't really have a lot of pace themselves. So, I, I mean, they could pull it off, but uh, personally, I don't think Nuremberg will probably do it. The best Nuremberg could do is get a draw, which would basically be just like a loss. But there's no way they're losing to Hanover. I mean, my, my, Leipzig? Yes. My take on... Us? Yes. My take on that, on Bayern right now, is I... Th- I watched that game because I was hoping for a bloodbath against Bremen. 
Um, <laughs> and I feel like the only reason they won that game, um, now I'm blanking on the, the dude's name who was just at Bremen and, and moved to Bayern. Um, uh, oh Gnabry. Gnabry. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. scored the brace. Yeah. He scored, and he was a man on fire. Like, he was clearly trying to, you know, make a, make a point there. Um, but, but the rest of the team looked like they don't know what they're doing still to me. So, um, still think they have some, some work to do to, to get to where they, where they are, you know, usually, um, but a team like Nuremberg might do that. A team like Hanover could do that. So, but they still, and then after that, they have some, uh, some tough matches again. So, um, it could stay rough for them for a bit, but yeah, I think that their eyes are on the champions league, of course. And as their fans are, and the fans don't even watch the Bundesliga games, I don't think. Um, so maybe they don't either. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, Roman, kind of wanted to get your opinion on this because there were protests all around in Germany. No more Monday matches in the Bundesliga. They announced that the next TV deal uh, that would start in uh, the 2021-2022 season would not have Monday matches, but they're including it even for the second division that, you know, Monday matches, which have been in place, I've been told, since the early 90s in the second division. Mm. And even then you have other protests, I guess uh, the third division, uh, they have added an additional relegation spot to try and allow all the champions of the Regionalliga leagues to all go up instead of, you know, the you know, having all these league title winning guys, you know, then go toe to toe against each other after a great season. And then it's like, Oh, guess what? Uh, this two game playoff now dictates your entire future. You know, some guys, you know, maybe a club gambled a little bit, trying to make it to the promised land of getting back in a national league. And then they fail. I mean, mm-hmm. kickers Offenbach has since, Two, within two years of winning uh, the Southwest League, you know they've been relegated to the fifth division. I believe. I mean, hmm. there's so much going on. Uh, can you can you make sense of this all, Roman? You have a better you have a better pulse on this than uh, either of us. Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing is like obviously the Monday games are hated. Uh, by each fan in Germany, obviously, right? Because Monday is just a horrible. It's a, just a horrible day to uh, to have a game, right? I mean, it's like first of all, you're like the last in in, in the in the match day. Uh, it kind of annoys everyone because you kind of don't don't really know where you're at until the last game. So for me, um, I always hated it. However, I I, I did see in the second league, I kind of saw the unique value proposition. You know, so um, it's just a uh, unique way to watch a second league game you know because um uh, at least while it was i think it used to be even in free tv and that for me made total sense right like to support the second league free tv match because i kind of like to watch that actually you know i always enjoyed this uh, monday morning match of i don't know cologne versus uh, I don't know, whatever, Hamburg, you know, I mean, that's a cool game, which I would, I don't have Sky, I don't have any of this shit, so, and I never will, but for me, it was an easy <laughs> way to watching, 
watching sometimes second league, um, like the top match. So I think that was a good idea for the second league. However, in the in the Bundesliga, I totally get it. It's it's annoying everywhere. Um, I mean, uh, the, for the fans, like who wants to go on a Monday into a stadium, you know, and like in the evening and away games is, is, is not even possible. You can't really do that. Um, yeah, there's the Englische Woche, um, the English week where uh, where they do it as well, but it's. It's a different, it's a different necessity, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's a good idea we, that we got rid of it in the Bundesliga. I think it's a shame that they got rid of it in the in the zweite Bundesliga, right? But only if this, I don't even recall. I don't know if the zweite Bundesliga had the Monday game in free TV, because there was, I thought, a strength, right, showing this to to the, in, in free TV to the to the main audience. Uh, and this is actually something where the where the soccer overall has to watch out, right? Because there's a way of uh, cannibalizing a sport um, by putting everything in uh, in pay TV, right? There's something mm. where you really have to watch out because there's so many fans. Like for example, like my dad, like he he was a uh, not a big football fan, and but he liked to watch games from time to time. Uh, but he would have never bought Sky or any of it. So his only chance. To watch Bundesliga matches, where of course the Sportschau, like the um, like the um, summary of it on the uh-huh. Saturday, and then from time to time, if they would show a Bundesliga match in free TV, right? So that was his soccer consumption. Because what people in the league have to realize is that not everyone is paying fifty bucks a month or twenty or thirty to watch Bundesliga. Right, like a lot of people don't do it. They take Bundesliga as a as a as a side project, like as a nice side happening, uh, like the the größte Nebensache der Welt, as we say in German, like that. And um, and and you can lose a lot of fan base. And I'm, I'm putting out this theory that I have. I say tennis lost its stronghold in Germany because you cannot see it anymore in free TV, right? Because nobody pays money to watch tennis because they're, they're not fan enough for that, right? Um, but we used to watch tennis when it was in free TV. Like like the whole Wimbledon was like a real happening um, uh, back in them days because it was on free TV and many people watched it. Sponsors were drawn, right? Because like the, the more people an event watch or get to see the sponsors, the more they're willing to pay. And then if everything happens on pay on pay TV, yes, you make maybe more money on that end, but you lose money then on sponsoring on, on the long run. This could happen. Um, and that's something where people really have to watch out. So that's why I think it's a little bit weird for the Zweite Bundesliga. Um, but I mean, for the Bundesliga, nothing is free anyway, so you got to pay for it anyways, un- un- uh, unless you watch the summary. Um, but uh, yeah, here's my short take on it. <laughs> so what about this fight between uh the third division which is basically said okay so here is the solution to this problem and they basically have told the regional liga guess what y'all need to we have decided to relegate four teams instead of three uh which wow it could be untracked brunch fight who could go down this season and they're a long ways off from safety. And that is a team that was in the in the Bundesliga promotion playoff to make mm. it to the Bundesliga just like two seasons ago. And now they're possibly getting relegated to the regional Liga. I mean, this I mean, this third division, which is really relatively new, it's been around what a decade or so. Yeah. It used to be just uh, I think a regionalized north and south huh. third division. And now it's a nationalized league, and apparently the TV money has, you know, 
increase rapidly because there's some big teams that are in there. There's Unterhaking, there's Munster, there's Rostock, there's 1860 Munich, there's Kaiserslautern, there's Cottbus, uh, Braunschweig. I mean, these are some decent names. These are some teams. I mean, Kaiserslautern, they made it to the... UEFA Champions League quarterfinals after winning, you know, the Bundesliga title in the late 90s, for gosh sakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kazuo, I almost forgot about those guys. You know, they're in, they, they missed out on promotion, losing to Awa in the rele, in the relegation promotion playoff last season. They're mm-hmm. a team that, uh, Ottawa Khan is the guy who I immediately comes to mind for me. And they're a historic German club that's down there. And this is, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it. I found it interesting that the regional leagues cannot seem to get their heads out of their butts. Granted, it, it is so political. I mean, you have a Bayern league, you have a Nord, Nordst, uh, Sudwest, and well, I'm forgetting what the other one is. Uh, West. And, you know, these guys can't seem to figure themselves out to move it into four leagues because you basically cater the uh, Rettenliga Nordst, which is basically the makeup of the state of Berlin, plus the former East East Germany. They just can't seem to get over politics. And because they said no, the Bayernliga said, well, to that. Oh, it... So many protests going on in Germany, it's not even funny. It's hard to keep track of it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that's like where it comes all to, where politics plays such an, such an important role, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just always a tough gamble to make everyone happy, you know? I think that's like one of the biggest problems that these, that they have in these, uh, in these areas. Uh, I don't even know for how much money they're fighting for, you know? That's like the, uh, that's the other, that's the other question. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there are lots so many interest groups, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I mean, just- there's some names that are in the regional Liga ranks. I mean, uh, let's kind of just I'm just gonna cover the area that like a Frankfurt uh, reserve team would be playing in. FSV Frankfurt is in the regional Liga, and they had multiple mm-hmm. relegations. FC Saarbrücken, Kickers, Offenbach. Mm-hmm. I mean, Waddorf Mannheim. Uh, you know, uh, Mainz reserve team, Freiburg, Hoffenheim, and Stuttgart reserve teams are in there. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the, the, those are the names, but at least those are, uh, Ulm is in, uh, the Sudwest. I mean, those are obvious, well, Ulm, obviously, for reasons this year. Uh, those are names that people recognize, and it's so political. You know, these small community clubs is what most of these guys are. From what I have seen, with a couple of exceptions, you know, they want to keep their, they want to keep it regional a little bit more in keeping with their regional identity. I mean, I can understand that, but it, this yeah, seems I mean, like a lot of infighting that should have been figured expenses. out years ago. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, you know, what are the expenses to get into a certain league, right? Because I know, for example, in the Hessen Liga, where my my other team, Bad Filbel, basically is playing, you know, like 
Um, they have a big problem because most of the ones that even win or can promote up, they don't want to, right? Because like the restrictions are too high, you know? So there's this, that's the other part of, you know, some teams do not want to promote or, you know, and then like the whole thing uh, just goes crazy because like each league has certain um, uh, um, qualifications, you know, size of the stadium, quality of the stadium, how many you know, like also big cost factors, you know, and many teams just don't want that. And then, of course, they have all the travel expenses that they have to cover if the team is like further away, um, you know, because like on the local level, you can kind of like foresee what the expenses are. But if you, if a bad football, for example, if they wanted to move up and then they would have to, I don't know, go to Hamburg for an away game, you know, it, you know, it's, that's why these regionalities, so to say, it's, um, yeah. And then, of course, there's the strength of the team, right? Whereas, um, uh, and this goes also to, poli politi pol uh, to politics, right? Where, like, the, the Eastern German teams, uh, for example, they don't have strong politics, right? Um, a, a strong backing within the ranks of the uh, the the um um the whole league setup right of the dfb and like the bavarians for example they have a very strong one right and in the Ruhrpott as well so then they're like more powerful depending on how many members they have and so it's just a mess in total and i think that's that's why these protests and why all the tr trouble just comes about it's just a big mess all over wherever you put your finger in it's just a mess Huh. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Nathan, anything you want to kind of add to this uh, discussion before we move on to uh, Eintracht Hertha? Oh, I could extol the ver as a fan as a fan <laughs> of a lower uh, American lower league team. I should also yeah. point out. Yeah, go SDLFC. Um, <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> uh, I I'll say this. I like. I feel like the. the uh, the top divisions aren't as. I feel like they should s share the wealth and share the pain, you know. So, like if if it only helps the the top league if there's exposure to the lower leagues. Um, so like you're saying, Roman, if 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 they should be helping to pay for those TV deals that help, you know, even if it's the free public stations or whatever ARD and stuff like that um they should be they should be help paying those deals so that you can get the exposure for the for the young guys the the small teams yeah. because that that bubbles up to the top and it helps the whole entire system and it grows the grows the sport and everything like that so um I I I feel like they should always pump more money into the lower leagues but that's <laughs> to to Brian's point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have that pain for, for the, my team. And a little money from for the top teams is a huge amount of money for the for the smaller teams, right? That's the other part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a spit in the ocean, like to to invest in those teams, like just a little more. You know, it's it, yeah. it for the the expenses that those teams have. It's it's nothing. So, so as a as a whole league, you know, should be part of part of the expense of doing business. Yeah. I agree. Indeed, indeed. So, that being said, let's get to our kind of closing bits about Eintracht Frankfurt. It's uh, time to play Hertha, uh, a team that is kind of right behind us when it does come to the Bundesliga table. We've got a couple points on them. Uh, Hertha has 
Ever since they beat Bayern Munich, though, I mean, it's not as difficult as it has been in recent years, but they've club that has had Bayern's number. They very much have come off to me as a team to be worried about. But let's be honest, they've had some uh, wobbly results. Uh, we've had some good results against them. They've had some interesting results uh, within, you know, the Bundesliga. You know, they were able to put put Hoffenheim away. No, uh, excuse me, uh, Hanover away. No problem at the weekend. They had that three three uh, crazy draw with uh, Hoffenheim, but they did get spread four one. <laughs> Hi, Dusseldorf. <laughs> I don't care that they had a red card happen. You know, mm. they lost 3-0 the week the week beforehand to Leipzig at home, and then they followed that up with the lost Dusseldorf. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Uh <laughs> I think this could be tricky for us, but look, if there's one player who's gonna be a game changer, yes, there is a certain St. Louis uh you know, raised play player who I, can't I have a deep fondness. I, I, can, I always want to root for him. So <laughs> Always want to root for Vedad Abisevic. But I'm going to say that the uh, Duda, who has been in pretty fine fettle, and yeah. Ma- uh, Lazaro, uh, those are the two players that I'm kind of worried about. But otherwise, Hertha doesn't does is not easy on the eyes it's oh i could f- think of a few bad old catchphrases that are now no no longer uh politically correct to uh explain hertha berlin but i look at them and i say you're really deadly from uh you know set piece plays and they have a manager uh, who is kind of a tough as nails character, uh, and uh, Jesus, why am I blanking on his name? It'll come to me in a second. Dardai, uh, there we go. I was thinking, I'm like, what is that Hungarian's name? Paul Dardai, you know, he's been there forever. He really has a run. He has full control of that club, and Paul, he always makes them very difficult to play, and. This is going to be tricky, but uh, for all the fans who are going over there, get excited because hey, guess what? Uh, we do when we do uh, play them away. It is exciting, and why not get the result that we really need? Because let's be honest, uh, when we beat them in Berlin. That was a brilliant 2-1 victory. Let's forget about the one that happened in Frankfurt. Yeah, it didn't really happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I think that Eintracht have got this one, and I will make my bold prediction as a 2-0 as we return to winning form. Ooh. Uh, like to hear that. Well, don't all jump in at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, you go. I'm curious about your opinion, Roman, but I will go first. Um, cause I'll keep it short. I, I feel like this is a team that is similar in terms of counterattacks. They, they can be strong with, a uh, uh, counterattack form. Like you said, they, they're good at set pieces, but, um, I don't believe that they'll be strong defensively. They dropped, they dropped, um, um, 
can't remember his name uh, at the top of my head. I'm not good with names, apparently. Anyways, uh, they're they're uh, they're they're down a defender, so I think I think it'll it might be a high scoring game for both sides, perhaps. So hmm. they're not they're despite the fact that Padada had made them kind of difficult to play against. Um, yeah. I think our three pronged attack is something they're not good when they go up against highly skilled players. Uh, I mean, look, they had been kind of trying to be ex- more expansive as the season began, and then they happened to play a certain match against a certain team called Borussia Dortmund, and they got their sure. doors blown off. And everyone was like, "Wow, you really kind of played uh, defensive, you know, football." And I think uh, Dada said, "It's like, well, uh, when you're playing against Borussia Dortmund, you try and play that, you're gonna get beat." And uh, that sort of uh, happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 P- playing Berlin is always a pain in the neck. I always feel like I never really see good games, like, like at least in my memory. I think there have been a few nice ones. But in uh, my memory, they're always very tough to play. Uh, or they seem easy, um, but, you know, they get, like, their three chances and score twice. You know, that's kind of always how I feel. Yeah. Um, when 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 I watch them, so really annoying because you feel like we're making the game, we're we're on the better part, but we don't really score, and those bastards, you know, show up twice, <laughs> uh, twice in front of our goal and score twice. However, this time we got a herd of buffaloes, and maybe we do score, right? Um, and uh, so what I haven't really figured out. So Hertha started the season really really well, you know, with with lots of wins. Uh, I think they were even first at some point, right? I think they were for they one were game. up there. They were yeah, up they there. They were up there, and then yeah. suddenly pff, they cracked again. Yeah, and uh, um, they fell into. They the They played Mainz and drew nil <laughs> nil. Then drew one one with Freiburg, and then drew two two with Dortmund. They won the Pokal, so hey, they beat Darmstadt. Good on you, boys! And then <laughs> they got uh, promptly thrashed by Leipzig, and then Dusseldorf. So. But they no, won the last no. game, right? I think the last they won the last yeah, game. Yeah, well, that was Hanover. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, so let's let's see if they they kind of like um, smelled some 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 good air or or if that's it, you know, like are they still on a downward spiral or are they are they catching themselves or are they going up? So um uh, so my my calculation would be it's going to be a three one win for Frankfurt, um, mm. and I say one because I have actually Ibisevic in my uh, in my um, uh, in my um, ah come on say in my fantasy, fantasy team yeah in my fantasy team so he needs to score uh, at least one um, so that's my that's I, my calculation I am okay with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I'm always a fan of Bisevich. I uh, will say that every time if I can. But uh, anyways, uh, I'll, 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 I was going to go 3-2. Oh. So Bisevich, wow. two goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodness gracious me. Well, that all being said, all of us are predicting an Eintracht win. How can you kind of throw out your own predictions for the rest of the Bundesliga with us? Well, you can uh, join our uh, on Bundesliga.com's website. Join our predictor league. And uh, kind of put your own predictions right up against us every week to week. 
have to join thing again as well. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, dreaded. Hey, it's a lot of fun, and then you realize sometimes you just get absolutely blind lucky with your I know, predictions. I know. With I that, that banker. In, in my fantasy team, exactly the same thing. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Happens from time to time. Well, that all being said, that's going to wrap up this episode of Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt. I'd like to thank both Robin and Nathan for coming out and joining me to talk about all things I'm Track Frankfurt in the English language. Uh, where can we find you guys in the social media uh, of the world? You find me on Twitter, SFBayEagles. And Nathan, you find... Oh, uh, you can find me at N-A-J-A-K-W-A on Twitter, ranting about something. <laughs> there or you, you can go. find us on the email, right, That where you can uh, Ooh, yeah. have pod and everything, you know, happy to reach out to any of us. Or, uh, of course, there's a jersey also to give away. We should mention that again. How, how this exactly. Is that to you, uh, reach, reach out to us on Facebook. That is www.facebook.com slash H-E-F pod. Reach out to us on email. That is hey, Frankfurt at yahoo.com or reach out to us on Twitter. That is at H-E-F pod. And you can find me on Twitter at K-C-S-G-E. You can also find my writings uh, about the Bundesliga and uh, Major League Soccer from time to time when it does, when I'm not depressed about sporting Kansas City. It happens. Uh, and that is Prost America. Another uh, beer. Dot Calm. Indeed. Time for more beer. <laughs> Always time for more beer. Uh, when it, well, that's the best way to enjoy. Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, needless to say. All that being said, uh, thanks everybody for joining the pod and thank you for listening. Uh, like us and uh, like us and review us in wherever you find your podcasts, uh, whether it be SoundCloud or iTunes or your Apple Podcasts that can be found. Let us know how we are doing and reach out to us and we'll read your stuff out on the show. With all that being said, it uh, from here at Hey Andre Frankfurt, it's juice. Juice. Hey Andre Frankfurt,